today on the Rita Made Me Do It show. Rita, look, I don't understand why I should be out there really doing all of this stuff. Look, I've tried. And here's the thing, Rita. People just aren't buying. People aren't spending money right now because their world is topsy-turvy. There's so much going on. There are all of these things that they're encountering. People are scared. The economy's taken a hit. And so no one is making money. And so no one is spending money. So that means nobody's buying anything, including buying my products or buying my service. And so why should I be out there having to market it? It just doesn't seem like the right time to do that Facebook Live series or to do that challenge or to start my newsletter or to create the course that I was going to create or to uh, market this thing that I was going to market. It's just not the right time, Rita. So maybe instead I should just dot, dot, dot. That's a thought process (laughs) that is being vocalized to me quite frequently lately. But then here is another thought process (laughs) that comes up after that one has kind of run its course. Well, okay, Rita, I guess I do still need to try to make money, right? I do need to try. So maybe if no one's buying, I should just discount my prices. Maybe I should just slash my rates or uh, there's a a program that I have. Maybe I'll give it for 50% off. You know, maybe I should just do a pay what you can Maybe I should, you know, I don't know, Rita, but maybe there are all these things that I can do with free clients and free, because again, nobody's really wanting to spend money right now, Rita. So these are the things that I should do. So collectively, these are the thoughts that I'm hearing quite frequently, all of the time. But I want to point out that these thoughts are not dissimilar to thoughts that I heard expressed before COVID-19 was a thing, before our economy went into basically a recession, right? Like these were the same thoughts just based on different circumstances. Well, Rita, right? like nobody has enough money for X because they're spending money on Y. Or Rita, I don't know if people aren't hiring me, maybe I should just discount my prices. Or how about just doing this little low cost thing because X, Y, and Z. These are all the same thoughts that I've heard throughout time. But the what that's on the other side, kind of the motivating factor, that changes. And right now it's COVID-19 that people are saying, hey, because of all of this, this is happening and therefore I can't do these things or maybe I need to do these things, right? And what I'm here to say today is that it's never, ever, ever true. Like where is the truth in that? And when you start hearing the way that people are saying these statements, you start finding the illogical parts of the arguments, right, which are no one is spending money right now. No one is spending any money at all on anything at all right now. No, of course not true, right? No one is going to pay X amount of dollars for something. Well, somebody might, right? But not the people that I'm finding right away. But you could poke holes in all of these arguments because they're too general. They're too broad. It's too much of a blanket statement. Just like when I was a dating coach and people would say, Rita, there are no good guys out there. Really? Not one at all. Because we took them all and we shipped them to a different planet. And now the good guy planet is out there and no one can get to it. Is that what I'm hearing? Right? Like we say these statements, people say these statements, big universal blanket statements that just as a whole aren't true. And I'll tell you why we do it and why we're doing it right now with COVID-19. Because, right, it's a good excuse to not have to do really uncomfortable things, right? It, like The marketing is uncomfortable. Getting visible is uncomfortable. Asking for a sale is uncomfortable. And then you add into it, asking for a sale when times feel uncertain, and I've talked about this before, right? There is no such thing as a certain time. Like every day is literally uncertain. But when as a whole, things are different, right? The world is different right now. And that is scary to us. And so that's uncomfortable. And then to have to take really uncomfortable actions on top of an already uncomfortable situation, it's so much easier. It is so much easier to have a blanket statement of, well, it can't be done because then that lets you off the hook. Like if we lived in a world where literally all the good guys really had been shipped off to another planet, you don't have to go out 
and go to that event and try to meet somebody. You don't have to, you know, attempt small talk over a date. You don't have to put yourself out there in uncomfortable situations because it won't matter. There is no way you can meet a good guy, right? If we really take that to be true, if you have zero chance of meeting a good guy, then you really don't have to go do those things. But that's not the way the world is. There are good guys out there, right? So for you to meet them, you're going to have to go do these kind of uncomfortable, scary things. And it's the same thing in our business. So if we make blanket universal statements, no one's spending money right now. This isn't a good time to sell. People will look at me like this. If I attempt to do this now, this will go unnoticed. Nobody will see this thing, right? These big blanket statements. Then what you're doing is kind of writing that story of, so then I don't have to do these uncomfortable things because I'll have 0% chance of it actually being a success, except that's not true because there are people out there who will buy from you. There are people out there who are spending money. There are people out there needing things, looking to buy. There are people X, Y, Z, insert whatever you want to in those blanks. So therefore, once you allow that thought to come in, then you have to also kind of accept that you're going to have to do uncomfortable things. And so it goes back to, uh, let's go back to the excuse. And so the loop just continues, right? And that's why also people go to, well, maybe I'll just discount my prices or maybe I will whatever because that will get me the money because the reason, right, isn't because of anything else other than the economy. The reason people aren't buying for me has nothing to do with anything else. It's the COVID-19 economy right now. Or the reason that people aren't hiring me is because of all of the economic things that are going on because of COVID-19. That's the default kind of thought. Because to think anything else means you have to accept responsibility for it, right? You have to say, well, maybe the reason people aren't buying from me or hiring me is because I'm not getting visible enough. Or I'm not asking for the sale enough, or I'm not holding firm on my prices. I'm immediately, when they go, hey, I don't know, that's kind of high. Can we lower the price? I immediately say yes, right? Maybe that's why nobody's paying my prices, because I don't hold the space for them to finally go, okay, fine, I thought I'd ask, but I'll pay your rate, right? Do you see my point? Like, So the minute that we have to let go of these stories is when we have to allow for the fact that we're going to have to do uncomfortable things and that we might also have a lot to do with what our current situations are. And no one likes that. So it's much easier to hang your hat on no one's spending money. That's why I'm not making money right now because it's not the right time to make money. And also, no one's paying full price for any of my stuff, and I need to discount my rates because blame it on this external factor, this external situation. But what if you allowed yourself to have the opposite thought? What if you really allowed yourself to step into the belief that people are making money, that people are spending money, that people are spending money on what you do, that in fact people are paying full price, whatever your full price is, if not more, for the same services and the same products that you offer. If you really allowed yourself to step into that belief and embody it, what would change? And here's the thing. I'm doing this because people have been saying, again, Rita, my days are so overwhelming. There's so much going on. I, you know, I don't know what to do. Besides, it's not the right time to do it. So I'm just not going to do all of this stuff. But once I have my clients step into that belief, then we're able to get to the things that help get them out of overwhelm. Because when somebody is scattered, when somebody is feeling overwhelmed, when someone is feeling scarcity, uncertainty, doubt, but they still have to go do something to grow their business, they just kind of latch on to anything right? It's very reactive. And then it just feels like there's so many things that you can do that you don't really know what to do. And then you just shut it all down. But by saying, no, you know what? Like people do spend money. They are going to spend money. You step towards abundance. You step into certainty or you step into faith. Then you can say, okay, well, what are the best things for me to do to then reach my goals? Because now you're focused back on action. 
And now you just want to take efficient action. And you can allow yourself to solve for that because you've gotten through what your real problem is. So when people are saying, I feel overwhelmed, my days are out of control, there's not a lot of time in my day, and they want to jump into solving a time problem, I know that we usually have to start with solving that belief problem. So all last week in my group, The All in Entrepreneur, I shared the five most important things that I do in my business. We talked first about, it was not one of the five, so it was like a precursor, but we talked about this importance of really believing, stepping into the belief that people are spending money at all times, anytime. People are making money, even in a recession, right? Not everybody, but people are making money. People are spending money. So we really embodied an abundance-based mindset. We stepped into the decision. We stepped into the belief. And then I shared the five most important things that I do in my business and how you can put them into action in your business immediately so you get results and big results, but you do it in a more efficient way that frees up your time, which is important right now, but also supports the life that you're living, whatever that life looks like right now. So that's what I wanted to share with you today, these five things that I shared with my community last week, because I think it's really important to give you tools that allow you to be consistent. Because when entrepreneurs tell me that they're not meeting their goals, they're not seeing the results that they want, the first thing I investigate is their consistency. And what I see are these women taking action and taking a lot of action, oftentimes filling a complete day with nothing but action. But They are hopping from strategy to strategy. They're hopping from Facebook group to Facebook group, from networking group to networking group, from idea to idea, from this offer to that offer, just hoping to land on the thing, right? The thing that makes it all happen quickly instead of giving any one thing, any one method, any one action, the time that it needs to result in truly sustainable success. Because that is hard. (laughs) It's uncomfortable, like I said, to put yourself out there. And it doesn't feel good or feel fun when you're not seeing results. But that's what you have to do. You have to sit in the discomfort of not seeing results so you work the strategy long enough to actually see the results. And I mean, maybe that's you. Maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're even waiting for results before you take action. Oh, well, once people start participating in my Facebook group again, right, maybe that's it. Maybe you feel like, oh, the reason people aren't participating in my Facebook group right now is because they're busy. They've got other things to do right now. But once people start participating in my Facebook group again, then I'll post more. Or, you know, after people have time to start reading my newsletter again and they start opening it again, then I'll start sending more newsletters. Or after I get more engagement on Facebook Lives, when people start showing up for them, right, and people start engaging, then I'll start doing them consistently. But guys, you have to embrace this. It is the consistency that creates the results, not the other way around. By posting more frequently and consistently in your Facebook group, you're going to get more members, right? By sending consistent newsletters, you're going to get more readers. By doing more Facebook Lives, you're going to get more viewers. By doing it all consistently, all of that stuff is going to start happening more consistently. But creating that habit of consistency is hard because you have to show up even when it feels difficult. But that difficult stuff, I promise, guys, that is exactly what takes you to the results that you want. And so everything, I really do mean this, everything is possible for you if you decide something. You need to decide to be the type of person who achieves success. You need to decide to be a person who finds joy in the process of building your business. And you have to decide to be a person who takes consistent action towards your goals. So I want you to pause this. I want you to make that decision, right? I want you to say, okay, I am deciding I achieve success. 
It is completely and totally inevitable that I achieve success. Okay, great. And I'm also deciding that I love building my business. I love all the steps to getting the results. I love the entire process. And then I want you to decide I am a person who takes consistent action. Because with those decisions made, we can drop excuses. Doesn't matter if it's a recession. It doesn't matter if it's a virus. It doesn't matter if it's a tornado. It doesn't matter. You can still achieve success. You can still enjoy the process and you can still be consistent. And that allows us then to go to what I'm going to share with you in a minute, which are the five most important things for you to do in your business right now so you can get consistent clients, you can make more money, and you can do it in a way that really supports your life. That's what we're talking about on today's episode, the five most important things I do in my business and how you can put them into action in yours immediately. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because, of, Rita, because of Rita, I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show, where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. All right, so what am I pairing this episode with? Actually, when I record this episode, it's Mother's Day. And I was just, this wine has absolutely nothing to do with today's episode at all. (laughs) Um, But it's called Molly Duker, and it's The Boxer. And I highly suggest it. It's just a great wine. Um, But it does pair, I think, quite nicely because a boxer has to really show up. I mean, I'm going to draw an analogy out of this real quickly, right? But like a boxer has to practice it. A boxer shows up and a boxer has to keep going even when they aren't sure that they're going to win, right? The match, even if no one's in the stands watching. Is it stands? Do people sit in stands to watch a boxing match? I don't know, right? But you see what I'm saying? I'm just, that was an unplanned analogy, so. Just <laughs> just go with it, everybody. Basically, I'm drinking Molly Duker's wine called The Boxer. Um, but I'm going to jump into why you all are really here today, right? You're really here to talk about the most important things. So the videos from the five-part live stream series, they are all in the All in Entrepreneur group. They're pinned as announcements to the top of the group. So I definitely suggest going back and listening to those, especially because of all of the questions that were asked by the other viewers live. But if you don't have time for that, you are going to walk away from this knowing the five most important things to do in your business to get big results so that you can get really what I'm talking about, consistent clients and making more money and doing it in a way that really supports your life because the process will fit in to everything that you have going on outside of work. It will be a process that you enjoy and it will really just help support everything about why you started a business. These are the things you need to know. If you do not know these five things, I never say this thing is the thing that will make you make millions of dollars in your business, right? It's not like, no, there are always a lot of things that will help you make money. But these things, guys, these five things, these really are the most important things. If you do not know these five things, you will not move forward in your business. You need to know these five things. So I'm going to tell you the five most important things that I do, and you can decide how you're going to apply those in your life as well. However, you don't have to do it alone because as I announced on Friday, I have launched a brand new program. It is an innovative program called The Most Important Thing. (laughs) 
And it's a six-week program. I'm going to tell you about it a little more at the end. But at the end of the six weeks, you're going to walk away with your strategy. It actually has a place at week five where you are forced to pick a track. You are forced to go all in on a strategy so that you don't hop around from strategy to strategy, so that you're not waiting for results before you start taking action, so that you're taking deep action in order to get the results, but you're doing it by picking the track that works for you. So anyway, I'm going to tell you more about this program later. It's a great program. I'm really excited about it. The people who have already signed up for it are incredible. I think it's, I just know it's going to be a great group. But These are the things that I shared. You're going to be able to put them into practice. And if you want more support, there is a way that you can get more support. So what are they? All right. Thing number one, the most important thing that I do in my business is I treat time like it is my most important asset in my business because it is. Now, at the beginning of your business journey, money is also a very important asset, right? Money is what allows you to invest in things. Money is what allows you to grow your business. So bringing in money, having money, money is an important asset. And it still is at every stage of your business. But if you're really wanting to go to that next level, whatever that next level looks like for you, you have to switch your thinking to thinking of time as the most important asset in your business. So what does that mean? It means you have to pay attention to time. If money was the most important asset in your business, you would pay attention to it. You would know how many dollars came in. You would know how many dollars are going out. You would know exactly what those dollars going out are being spent on. You would know how much money is in your bank account at any given time. You would know if that check you're about to write is going to clear or if it's going to overdraw that business bank account. But we don't do that with time. So many entrepreneurs aren't doing that with time. They don't know how every minute of the day is spent. They don't know where the time, which categories in their business the time is being spent on. They're not tracking it. They are writing checks for time that they're overdrawing all the time. There's not enough time in that account to cover the time check that they wrote. Or they're wasting time, right? So it's really important that you treat time like it is your most important asset. And the way to start that is by tracking your time. It is a life changer for my clients, the clients who really commit to tracking time, who do this in a detailed way, who really make it a habit, it is life-changing, business-changing for them. I can't stress this enough. There is an app called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. It's a free app. You can also download it on your desktop, on your computer, and it's very easy to use, and it helps you track your time in easy ways that are uh, separated into different categories and you can create reports at all these different stages so that you can see exactly where you're putting your time. But you need to know that. You need to know where is all of my time going right now? What is the reality about how much time I really have? What is the reality about how much time I need? What is the reality around where I'm putting my time? And One thing that clients start to notice when they do this is that things don't take as long as they thought. They actually don't need as many hours to do the work as they think. And when they are filling their days with work, what they notice is they're focused on the things that move the needle forward, but just a tiny bit, or things that don't move the needle forward at all. (laughs) So they're like, wow, I worked eight hours that whole day. But when I look at what I did, I was not as efficient. I could have moved the needle forward in a bigger way if I had taken a bigger action, if I had taken a bigger risk, if I had just focused on this, not that, if I had delegated this, if whatever it is, right? So we really need to create that strategy and plan for how to spend your time, where to spend it. You have to know how are you spending it? Where are you spending it? And so paying attention to time, treating it like it's your most important asset, tracking it, knowing every dollar in, right, but in this case, it's minutes, and knowing every minute out, knowing where it goes, knowing, you know, if you're overdrawing consistently, if you're not utilizing all of the time that you have and you're wasting it, right, we really need to know that. That allows you to then create a work schedule and create a work schedule that helps you reach your goals and support your life. Because here's the other thing, right, and I shared this in a podcast about me. I decided 
a long time ago that I only wanted to work like 25 hours a week, right? I wanted to work about 25, 30 hours a week. And I kept waiting. It was like, well, after this, right, there's that familiar argument again. After this, then I can work X hours a week. But truly, it wasn't going to be until I decided to only work 30 hours a week that I was going to work 30 hours a week. Because the minute that I decided to work 30 hours a week and I made a rule that I can't work a minute over 30 hours, then I had to make everything fit in 30 hours. I was forced to, right? So when I said I can't work a minute over 30 hours and here are the 30 hours I have, I had to say, okay, I can only schedule 30 hours worth of work. Client work, admin work didn't matter. I only had 30 hours to work with. And then that let me see what was left over. And it was like, does this really need to be done or not? Can this be delegated or not? And what about my client goals? Am I still able to reach all of my revenue goals, my client goals with this amount of time? And if not, then what needs to change? Because what couldn't change (laughs) was the decision to work 30 hours, right? So it's like, oh, maybe I have to create a group program or maybe I need to look at my rates or maybe I need to structure something differently, right? So that's what I want you to do. I want you to track your time. Then I want you to look at your life and say, what do I want my work hours to actually be? Plan your life first. Plan your life on your calendar first. What vacation days do you want to take? What days off do you want? What time do you want to be done working? When do you not want to be working, right? Like plan those things on your calendar first. And then we see what the reality is for what you have for work around it. Instead of you just going like kind of reactively, I'm just doing all the work, all the days, all the time, and I'm going to shove my life in around it. And then, right, so when you have the schedule, so now you know, okay, these are my work hours. I scheduled my life first, and now I know when I'm available for my work, right, because now it's supporting my life. Then we move to what are the most efficient things that you can do with your time right, that you are working for work. And that I talked about a lot in detail, but it's knowing what stage of business you're in. Are you in a business building stage, which is a revenue generating stage, or are you in a marketing stage of business, which means you're making the revenue that you want every month and you're making it consistently for at least six months or more. If you're not making the revenue you want or you have, but it hasn't been consistent for at least six consecutive months, you're in the business building phase. That's where most of you are, right? And the reason that this becomes important is because the tasks that you do are different based on the phase. So marketing tasks, right, when you are already at the level of income that you want and it's been consistent, marketing tasks include things like writing blogs, writing articles, uh, recording a podcast, working on your website, working on a brochure, working on business cards, working on your logo, right? All of that stuff counts as marketing. Now, business building activities, when you are trying to generate a certain amount of revenue and keep it consistent, those activities are networking. So networking online, networking offline, public speaking, speaking to groups, associations, organizations, doing your own speaking events, your own virtual events or in-person events when those are back allowed again, right? Facebook Lives count as speaking. Also, vendor tables or exhibitor tables, once conferences and trade shows are open, having those, and sales calls. Those are business building activities. So when people are tracking their time and they're not getting the revenue that they want and they're not having the consistent clients that they want, When I look at how they're spending their time, it's usually 95% being spent on marketing activities. And marketing activities are the wrong activities to be spending your time on when you're in a business building phase. Now, it doesn't mean you don't do any marketing activities, but it means we, we really need to prioritize each day with creating a strategy around the business building activities, around the networking, around the speaking, um, around vendor tables and events, making sure that you're hitting sales call goals. So that's what we're able to uncover when you track your time, right? And then when you're able to say, okay, here's what I'm doing with my time and here's how much time I actually want to be working, how do we reconcile these, right? Based on what I need to be doing to reach my goals and how long that will really take me. And so what decisions need to be made. And then you need to make sure that you're doing only what you can do. So that gets to, does this need to be done? Can I delegate this? Can I dump this? But we won't know any of that until we know, A, how you are spending your time, B, 
B, how much time you actually really want to be working. Three, where you really need to be spending your time, like what tasks, what kind of activities do you need to be doing and what have you been doing? And then out of that, what needs to be done by you and what could be done by somebody else? Right. Those are all the ways that I actually treat time like it's my most important asset. So the big thing that I do, number one, treat time like it's my most important asset. How I do that, how I implement that in my business are all the ways that I just told you. Sitting down, going through, mapping out my day, tracking my time, figuring out, right, what stage of business am I in? Where is my time going? Is it on the right activities? Am I doing things something, you know, doing things that somebody else could be doing? Really handling that and then getting rid of things that don't need to be done. Delegating things that can be delegated. Making sure my time is focused only on the tasks that are, are correct based on the stage of business I'm in. And that I create the rule that I can't work a minute over the time that I've delegated to myself for being able to work, right? Time is your most important asset, guys. Decide what you believe is true around time. Set your intentions around time. That helps you find your priorities and the hours you're going to work. Set your boundaries. Set your containers around it. Know the stage of business that you're in. Know your goals. Identify then where you want to spend and invest your time. Time block all of that out and delegate and automate everything else. Now, again, that can sound great, but then you go to sit down to do it and it's like, ah, <laughs> and that's why I created the program, The Most Important Thing. You're going to hear about that again at the end. You're going to hear about that all the way through this podcast, guys. I'm so excited about it. And I kept the investment for this program low. It's only $397 for the six-week program for everything that comes with that six-week program because I wanted people to get out of the mindset that you can't build your business right now. I wanted people to have the simple strategy that will allow them to do all of this, okay? Because I know you can sit here, listen to this podcast, and go to do everything I just told you to do with your time and still feel overwhelmed. And I don't like information to make my audience feel overwhelmed, I like to offer the opportunities to help you put it into practice in a very simple and easy way. So number one, treat my time like it's my most important asset. The second most important thing that I do in my business is to really understand my target market, my potential clients, the people that I'm trying to help, right? It's very important that I know them as if I am one of them. Now, oftentimes, our ideal clients are who we were a couple of years ago. So we might really intimately know that person and their situation. But even if that's true, and that's not true for everybody, our ideal clients for everybody aren't us five years ago. Even if it is, you aren't that person anymore. And you can really lose touch with what's truly going on for them. But the world is also changing and evolving as well. And so while the internal piece of you and your potential client might be the same, the world around could be very different. So it's really important that you stay in touch with your market. And to do that, here's how, right? Here's the how. To do that, you have to have a very narrow market. Now, I know people resist this all the time, but here's an example of why it's so important. When I started my date coaching business, I said that I could help all single people. And that was true. I really could help all single people find love. But it's almost impossible to effectively market and network with all single people because single people are very different. For example, a 40-year-old never married woman has a very different way of thinking about and talking about dating than a 40-year-old divorced woman who is going to start dating for the first time again since the divorce. So if everything else about those two women were exactly the same, that one difference is enough to have them thinking and talking totally differently. So here's what I mean, right? The 40-year-old never married woman is saying, hey, this, well, this is what she was saying to me back then. Why should I have to settle? Also, I'm kind of in a hurry. I would like to have a baby. I'm not really sure where the good guys are. I go looking for them. I can't find them. It's not my fault that I'm not meeting a good guy. I just need to know the right places or I need to know the right things to say or I need, right? But the 40-year-old divorced woman was saying something completely different. I don't want to make the same mistake again. I want to take my time. I want to figure out what I did to cause the situation. I want to make sure that I'm not attracting 
the wrong person again. The 40-year-old never married was like, of course I know about online dating, Rita. I have been using every online dating tool that has come into being since I started dating. The 40-year-old divorce woman is like, and also, Rita, what's online dating? Because it wasn't a thing when I was single. I'm not really 100% sure how to use it. It kind of overwhelms me, right? So what I would say to really resonate emotionally would have to be very specific to one of them. If I was trying to capture both of them, it would feel so generic that they would go, okay, well, that sounds nice, Rita, but that's not where I'm at right now, right? Like, oh, finding fulfilling love that sounds great. Like, I'll call you when I need that, or I'll call you when I'm there, or I'll call you when I'm ready, <laughs> right? Instead, it was that I did not emotionally connect with them. So the minute that I made a decision, and I made the decision to really talk to that woman who had been divorced, who was starting to date for the first time and was feeling overwhelmed and really wanted to take her time, everything changed, right? Clients just started flowing in. And I would always hear from the people who hired me, well, Rita, it was like you were inside my head. It's like you knew exactly what I was thinking and exactly how I was feeling and exactly what I needed, right? So you need to have that clarity around your market. So going narrow helps you, but you just randomly picking a narrow market doesn't. And just going narrow right from the beginning also doesn't. So the tool that I used to really do all of that was market research. Now, there is not nearly enough time in one podcast episode to teach you market research. But I will say that in the most important thing, this is week two of the program. We are really going to narrow your audience. You're going to understand how to gather all of the information you need so you can be using their language so you know exactly how they're thinking about things and what solutions they want. And so you're going to know how to offer back things to them. So they clearly see these are the solutions that they want. But you need to go narrow with your market so that you really understand them in that deep one-on-one -on -one way. You should always be having a dialogue with somebody whenever you're marketing, whenever you're networking, whenever you're, and it should always be to a person who's in that narrow market, right? Then you're able to really clearly identify the problem you solve. As a dating coach, I helped people find love, but that's really generic, right? But for that woman who's divorced and going dating for the first time, I helped her navigate the unknown world of online dating, right? I helped her not repeat the mistakes of the past so that she could have fun dating. My problem was able to get more defined in a way that really spoke to her because I went narrow. Also, I could use her language. So she was using different words, talking about dating differently than someone else. And I remember when I did some market research for a program, it was called take charge of your love life. And I was going to have it be called take charge of your love life and find fulfilling love. And the woman, the 40-year-old divorce woman was like, Rita, look, <laughs> ultimately I want fulfilling love, but I feel so far away from that result. That's not where I'm at right now. I just need to know how to get a second date or I just need to know how to navigate online dating or I just need to know X, Y, and Z. And Everything that I was teaching her to do those things are things that would ultimately help her find fulfilling love. But that word, that phrase did not resonate with her. And so I remember changing the program to take charge of your love life and have fun dating. And then boom, right? People started signing up. That resonated, but it was my market research that allowed me to find that information out. Also, by going narrow, you can know where they are. A divorced woman in her 40s was hanging out in very many different places than a 40-year-old never married. Now, if I had added kids into the mix, if I had had, you know, added in certain jobs, certain which I did, but I'm not going to go into all of that now, then it becomes even more apparent, right, how different it is to go and find people. So where are you hanging out online? Where are you hanging out offline? What, where are you getting in front of your potential clients? It should be where they are. But where they are for you to really know that in a way where you could walk into a room online or offline and be surrounded by them really requires you to go in that more narrow way to really know where they are. And then from all of that, you're able to create your ideal client avatar, which is basically all of the information that I was just saying, like how you plug it in so you know who you're speaking to. There's a specific person you're speaking to. And I promise if you do this and you do this in the right way, you will have more consistent clients. You will make more money. But it can feel really overwhelming. It's something people resist, but there's a different way of thinking about it. I promise if this is something you struggle with, 
definitely let me know. You probably want to check out the Most Important Thing program, but this is a game changer, guys, if you can grab onto this. Now, the third most important thing I do in my business stems from number two. After I know who my ideal client is, after I really understand the needs of my target market, right, then I'm able to offer them a very clear and purposeful solution. I'm able to have offers that are clear, purposeful, and solve very specific problems. And I can arrange those offers in a way that create a sales funnel that help people move through working with me. Now, that's a really detailed thing. I did talk about that on Wednesday's video in the group, so you might want to go over to it and listen. This is something that we're going to dig into in a big way in the Most Important Thing program. Most people struggle with putting together packages and pricing and offerings, and they don't even realize it sometimes, but the offerings themselves are too confusing, or they're putting out too many offers, or they're jumping between offers, and it leaves the audience not knowing what they really need. They need you as an expert to know what they need, right? They need you to tell them, in my expert opinion, this is what you need, and this is why you need it, and this is how it's going to get you to where you want to be. Well, it's incredible to me how many people don't know a very easy way to uncover what that is, what it is for people to uncover what that is, to uncover what people need to move them from point A, where they are now, to point Z, where they want to be. And so there's an exercise we're going to be doing in the program. But the first thing that I would say is just really think about where they are. And again, the more narrow you go, the easier this is. Think about where they are. Think about where they want to be in their life or their business or their relationship or their health, wherever it is that you help them. And then brainstorm every single thing that you can think of that could help them, whether you offer that service or not. Maybe it's a book or maybe it's a service that somebody else offers. Don't leave it out in your brainstorming session. Once you see everything they really need, you're going to be able to create a comprehensive solution to their problem. And you're also going to be able to see if somebody's not ready for that comprehensive solution yet, what's a good first step? What's a good first thing for them to do with you that will easily move them into the more comprehensive solution? So that's what I do, right? Once I know who my audience is, then I create the most comprehensive solution to the problem that I'm really trying to solve. And I can do that by saying, look, There are a lot of problems I can solve. There are a lot of things I can offer, a lot of things that I can do. What does my audience most need? What do they most need? And then what do I enjoy doing the most? Where do these overlap? What's in the best interest of my business? I might really enjoy just random calls with people, just a one-off call. Now, I don't. I mean, I do, but I don't is my main thing. But I'm saying I could, right? Like, pretend I just, I love 30-minute calls and that's it. But that might not be in the best interest of my business because I'm, I'm not going to have any guaranteed income. I'm not going to be able to project my future income. It's always going to be go after the next call, go after the next call, go after the next call, go after the next call. Now, that's a, a broad way of talking about it, but you see what I'm saying. So you have to say, what is it that my client, my potential client ultimately needs? What do they really need to get them where they want to go? Then out of all of what they need, what do I enjoy doing and where's the overlap in that? And then the way that I offer it, what's in the best decision in my business? Which means I have to enjoy it. It has to help them. But it also has to set my business up for financial success. When you know all of that, you can create that sales funnel, the main signature offer, the lead-in offer, right? You can create a marketing calendar around it you can create a lead calendar around it. So you really need to have this understanding of what offer helps your audience achieve results and how to make it easy for them to move through the different stages of working with you. And that's the third most important thing that I do in my business. And that's going to be a huge piece of what we work on in the most important thing program. All right, we're getting there, guys. <laughs> so I'm trying, like, I'm trying, it's so funny because, like, there's so much more to these things. And I want to give you everything, but I'm also, like, looking at how long the podcast episode is. <laughs> and I try my hardest to keep my podcast episodes to a length that I know that most people want to listen to while still giving good information and good value. So remember, there is more. You can go listen to the videos or you can just sign up for the program or you can reach out to me. But These are the high-level overviews of the things that are really important. So 
The fourth most important thing that I do in my business is I lock in on one strategy to generate awareness in my business. Now, this is part of the customer journey, and I went into detail in this in the five-part series. For now, I'll say the customer journey map is something that you need to know. And you need to know it more than I just know about it and I know what it is. But you really need to focus on the first two pieces of the customer journey map. Those first two pieces are building awareness in your business and then nurturing relationships with the people who become aware of you. So I generate awareness in my business and there are a lot of ways that I can, right? I mean, think about it. Think about all the ways people can become aware that your business exists. What are you doing? to generate awareness in your business. On the Facebook Live series, people said a lot of different things. They're like, well, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook business page. I'm in Facebook groups. I'm doing Facebook Lives. I have a YouTube channel. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm doing stories. I'm going out networking. I'm uh, doing marketing posts. I'm writing a blog. I have SEO for my website, right? So there are all these ways that you can generate awareness in your business. But here's that thing that I'm talking about in terms of hopping around and doing a little bit of everything and not a lot of one thing. When you do a little bit of everything, the results that you get are equivalent, right, to the action that you're taking. So if I do a little bit on Facebook, my results on Facebook are going to be a little bit. If I do a little bit on Instagram, my results on Instagram are going to be a little. If I do a little bit over here, my results are going to be a little. Now, collectively, right, all of these little results may add up to enough of a result that I want. And that may be the case in your business, too. Usually, though, that's not true. Usually what we're really looking for is the thing that's going to make it feel easy, right? The thing that is easy, the thing that is getting clients seeking us out, a pipeline of clients seeking us out, feeling like we don't always have to go out and hustle for the next client because they're approaching us, they're coming to us, they're asking when they can work with us, right? That's what we're looking for. I call that the great big Charlie Brown pumpkin, right? We're looking for the big result, but we're looking for the big result and we're only doing a little bit of any one thing. And we get frustrated that all the things we're doing aren't producing the great big Charlie Brown pumpkin result. But to get that big result, you've got to go all in on one thing and go deep with that thing so that it produces the big result, right? So the way that I generate awareness in my business is by speaking. The way that you generate awareness in your business may not be speaking. That may not be the right solution for you. Again, this depends on what phase of business you're in, in terms of what you will pick as the best way to generate awareness. Now, in the most important thing program, you're going to pick a way. You're actually going to pick a track (laughs) to go all in that can be a awareness phase of your business for you. Um, You're going to be picking a strategy to go all in on. And whatever that strategy is, and we'll talk about this more in the program, it depends on the stage of business that you're in. So for me, it's speaking. And that means I am all in on getting speaking engagements. Right now, they're virtual. When the world reopens, it's going to be a mix of virtual and in-person. But that's where I channel my time and my energy, right, into speaking. It doesn't mean I'm not doing any networking. It doesn't mean I'm not doing a blog. Obviously, I'm doing a podcast. But the main time, the main portion of my day goes towards speaking and speaking-related activities. And again, that's because I'll be able to get big results instead of little tiny results. So when you're hopping around strategy to strategy, you're not learning any one tool fully or well, right? You might know a little bit about Twitter, a little bit about LinkedIn, a little bit about Facebook, a little bit about speaking, a little bit. But if you really took all that time where you're dividing it 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, and you're getting back, you know, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10% results, If you took that all and you put it towards one thing and you were giving 100% attention to one thing and learning that inside and out and really going deeply with it, you can see how the results that you get back will be the great big Charlie Brown pumpkin results. So the fourth most important thing I do is lock in on one way to build awareness in my business and I go all in on it. But that's based on what phase of business I'm in and what my business goals are, but I lock in on it. So that should be the next thing that you do. And that leads to the fifth most important thing that I do in my business. And I think this is the most important thing for businesses in general. And this is also one thing that businesses neglect. 
And that thing is your nurturing bucket. Okay, we'll call it a nurturing bucket. But I lock in on my relationship nurturing strategy by going all in on one way to nurture relationships with the people who become aware of me. So most people become aware of me because I speak. That's how most people do. Obviously, some people are listening to my podcast, and that's how you became aware of me. Or maybe you stumbled upon my Facebook group, or maybe there was somebody who told you about me. There are other ways that people become aware of me. But no matter how they do, I need to put them into, like, the best way I can describe it is to picture a bucket. Everybody who becomes aware of me, I need to filter them into this bucket. I need to get them into this bucket. And in the bucket is where I'm pouring all of the information they need to know who I am, to hopefully like who I am, to trust me, to know that I'm credible, to know that I'm an expert, to know that I have solutions to their problems. So all of the information that does that, which are stories about me, personal peeks into my life, learning more about me, getting to interact with me, um, hearing from my clients, hearing testimonials, hearing case studies, reading educational posts, right, participating in challenges, joining me on live streams, all of the stuff that they need. I need to be putting that into that bucket so that they like are swimming in it all the time, right? Well, that bucket for people, a lot of people don't have it. When I say, so after people become aware of you, where do you put them so that you can continue to nurture the relationship? And they're like, well, I don't actually put them anywhere, (laughs) Rita. Um, I just email. I, I grab business cards and I email people. Well, that's not a bucket, right? Or some people will say, hey, I put them on my newsletter list. I I put them on my email list. And I'll say, great. How often do you email them? And they're like, oh, not really much at all. And then I'll be like, okay, well, when you do, what are you emailing them about? Well, the class I'm running or the workshop I'm running or the thing that I'm selling, right? They're not really putting in all of the information that needs to be there for a relationship to be nurtured. So instead of spreading email list, Instagram, um, my podcast, like wherever it is that you're directing people to go, people are directing them either nowhere or to a lot of places. Oh, you can follow me on Facebook, but I'm also on Instagram and I have a podcast and I, and I, and I. Pick one, go all in on one, and then develop a content strategy to really nurture relationships in a way that generates interest from people at all stages of the cycle and creates that warm pipeline for you. And all of this, again, is easy to do when you know what stage of business you're in and you know who your audience is, because that relationship nurturing bucket really needs to be a place that they are, a place that they're going to hang out, a place that they want to turn to, to find all of this out. So you see how all of these pieces build together, right? When you know where to be spending your time, and then you know who you're helping in that deep way, and you know what they're offering, then you're going to know exactly how to generate awareness with those people in the right language, in the right way. You're going to go deep, right, instead of wide. And then you're going to know after people become aware of you, how can I really nurture these relationships and give them the information that they need and that they want to make a decision? And how can I do it in a way that is making people kind of have the decision to work with me at all different times? across the board. And that is what we're going to do in this program, the most important thing. In fact, week five, guys, is where it gets real. That's where it splits off into three tracks. So week one, two, three, and four of the most important thing program focuses on getting your schedule together, knowing exactly what you should be doing in your business and creating that strategy around it. And then you're going to get very clear in week two on your audience. And then week three, you're going to put together your packages, your programs, your offers, your your flow, right, of moving people through working with you very easily. (laughs) Then you're really going to look at the customer journey map. You're going to make some decisions about your customers based on where they are, right, and how you want to build awareness in your business. But then week five, you are going to go all in on one of three tracks. And the three tracks are community building, where you're going to pick a platform and we are actually going to build a community. We're going to grow it and we're going to market it, or at least you're going to come away with a strategy of knowing how to do it and all of it started. And then the second track is networking and follow-up. You will walk away having contacted your network and also creating an ongoing networking and follow-up strategy that is easy to implement. And track three is content creation. So you're going to pick 
either podcast or blog or newsletter, and you're going to really learn how to create content in a way that nurtures that relationship and create a strategy for it. Someone asked me the other day, hey, Rita, how can I get all three tracks? (laughs) And I said, you can't. (laughs) You can't. I am going to be a stickler for this, guys, because I really believe that by going all in on one thing is where you're going to get results. If I gave you all the information, it's going to keep you from doing any one thing and doing it well and doing it deep enough to get those deep, big results that you want. So this program forces you (laughs) to pick one track, one way, and go big on it. Now, if you want to go back through the program in the future, that's fine. There's going to be a very special alumni rate so that you can go back through and go through another track if you want to. But please just trust me that if you go all in on one of them and you really focus on it and implement it and do it and learn it, you are going to see really big results. So These are the five most important things that I do in my business. Treat my time like it's my most important asset. Really know my target market. Know them inside and out. Have very clear and purposeful offers that are tailored to who they are and what the most comprehensive solution is for them. And then I have other offers around that that move people through working with me in a very organized and logical way. I have one way that I go all in on to generate awareness in my business. And after people become aware of me, no matter how they become aware of me, I have one way that I nurture that relationship. And for me, guys, that's Facebook, my Facebook group, right? Everybody go to my Facebook group. (laughs) That's where I'm telling you all to go all the time because that's the easiest place for me to put all of the information that people need to make a decision about what's possible for them and about us working together. From my Facebook group, I can get people on my newsletter list. I can get people on Instagram. But I, I have one very clear place that I'm driving people to so I can very deeply and easily and simply nurture relationships, okay? So that's that's it. That's what you guys need to do. And that's what my program, The Most Important Thing, is going to help you do. So let me tell you about that really quickly. And then in the show notes, you'll be able to see the link to go and check it out more. Now, this program, I wanted it to be simple. I'm going to use these words all the time. I wanted it to be simple. I wanted it to be easy because we are in a different world right now. And something that I don't believe that you have time for is to listen to like two hours worth of a training video every week, work through a one or two hour workbook, come onto a one hour coaching call, right? With all of the possible information of all the possible actions that you could take and keep repeating that. Right. So instead, I have tailored this program to be very quick and easy. Every week, a new lesson is sent out to you. But the lesson is broken down into three videos, three very bite-sized videos. We're talking like 10 minutes, right? Along with a worksheet that is also bite-sized to help you just answer the most important questions, pick out the most important action, and implement it. And the videos will even have transcripts so that if you don't want to watch the video, you don't have to. You can just listen to or you can just read the transcript to make it where you can learn from anywhere. So yes, six weeks of material, but each week is very short and it's all about the action over the learning. It's like, yeah, here's what you're doing and why, but let's just do it. (laughs) Let's just get it done. Let's really have your strategy. Let's really figure it out. Let's not talk about figuring it out. Let's really do it. And that's how it's geared, right? And like I said, at week five, you're going to pick one of the three tracks and really go in on it and do it, right? So when you walk away from the six-week program, you are going to have a simple strategy that is easy to implement, that supports your life, to get consistent clients and make more money. And because I know that time is limited for people right now, and I do know that money is limited for some people right now, I wanted to remove the time and money objections to this program. That's why I priced it at $397. And that's also why I made everything bite-sized, right? Just really bite-sized information. Because that helps people say, oh, I really can fit this into my budget. I really can fit this into my time because I want as many people as possible to have access to implementing these things. These five things are the things I talk about all the time and they can be overwhelming and you're not gonna get the results from them unless you do it. And so I just want people to do it because these are the things that will change the game for your business, I promise. So anyway, you can go check out that program. It starts May 25th. We are currently in the early bird registration phase. If you register by the end of the day, Friday, May 15th, you also get included 
two group coaching calls so that you can go deeper on the information. The webpage has everything you need. I will be in the Facebook group answering questions and talking about this all week for the next two weeks as well. Um, and if you have any questions, you're always free to email me at Rita at RitaMamieDoIt.com. But in the meantime, go put some of this stuff into action. And I would really love to know. So if you can email feedback at RitaMamieDoIt.com or go into the All In Entrepreneur if you listened to this episode or leave a review but however you choose to do it, I want to know what was your biggest takeaway? What is one thing you haven't been doing that you're going to start doing in the next 24 hours? What are you doing to incorporate and have a mindset change to not focus on all the things, which just keeps you overwhelmed and stuck, and instead focus on the most important thing for your business? And I will talk to you next week on another episode of the Read and Made Me Do It show. Hey. Before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Read and Me Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, Every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode. Oh, oh, oh.